This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Trojan fans. It's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Tuesday. We're going to talk about the award season, USC, bringing home some hardware, the USC football players, the transfer portal is heating up, we've got some recruiting stuff going on, lots going on around the world of USC football, so we'll talk to you about all of that and more. I'm your host, Ryan Abraham, joined alongside Chris Trevino, he is here in studio with me. If you're watching live on YouTube, our simulcast, thank you so much for tuning in to that, we'll I'll be monitoring your uh, comments in the chat box. And if you're listening across the Parastyle Podcast platform or all the different platforms you can listen to the Parastyle Podcast, we thank you for that as well. If you have any questions or comments for the show, you can drop us an email, podcast at uscfootball.com. We'll put it in a little Google Doc and get to it when we do the show. You can also call or text us. The number for that is 424-254-9141. Got one voicemail for you today and uh, oh, a bunch of emails to get to. Ooh, I haven't listened to it yet, Chris. You worried? How you doing, Chris? I'm good. Uh, a little cold, as you can see. It's a little chilly outside. But other than that, I'm good. I'm not super tired like a normal Tuesday because we haven't covered a practice yeah. in like 10 weeks, it feels like. It's been so a while. Still waiting on the the word that we can cover a practice, you know, leading him to this, this cotton bowl. But other than that, yeah, I'm good. Nice. Uh, well, ready, for this, ready for the Trader Joe's read, though. I'm ready for that, too. Uh, but one other thing, if you guys are, have the Apple podcasting platform, if you're on an Apple podcast, you know, Apple iPhone, whatever it is, and you can leave us a five-star review, it does help to grow the show. Uh, leave us, you know, that's it really helps to put it up there. Um, so get in there. It takes just a couple minutes. Uh, if you got the uh, your iPhone, go to the Apple podcasting app, subscribe. Follow the Peristyle Podcast there, of course, and then get in there. And then, of course, we want to thank our sponsor, Trader Joe's. I just got back, Chris. had a big trip. Oh, okay. Big trip yesterday to Trader Joe's. Uh, had to pick up some wine. It's the holidays. Uh, they also had this this peppermint. Um, it's a like a, a liqueur that you can put in to like hot chocolate and stuff. And I'm okay. blanking on the name of it right now. It's a peppermint... Um, Cream liqueur, I believe. And they have some, there are a few different kinds. There's a lot of going to Trader Joe's right now, very festive. Lots of holiday stuff going in there. But sure. uh, I bought some of the Trader Joe's hot chocolate mix, a little canister. It looks really good. Okay. They also have the hot chocolate sticks. So you can like put them in in milk and like just stir them and it becomes hot chocolate too. I went with the, the canister, so I got the powder. But if you want to have a little like, you know, extra flair to it, 
you add the uh, the peppermint cream liqueur into that. And so you can uh, spike your hot chocolate a little there bit. There you go. Not for the kitties. Um, Obviously. But lots of great little snacks uh, in there. I, I put out some Christmas decorations this week, and I found a little bowl. I'm like, I need little snacks. They had uh, at, least, at least truffle chocolate snacks. They had one of the booths where people are, like, giving you samples. Tried that. Instantly, I'm like, give me a box of those. So just a lot of cool stuff over at Trader Joe's. Um, but I did pick up a bunch of wine. The, the the different kind of liqueurs. You can get eggnog if that's your thing, whatever you want. Um, but lots of cool stuff over at Trader Joe's. For the holidays, man, I bought a tr- like a fun a fun little festive tree that looked like a little Charlie Brown tree with a big uh, ornament on the top. So I, I went kind of crazy. You went, you went in <laughs> on this holiday, holiday Trader Joe's run. I, I appreciate it. Yeah. You're not doing all this read for show, man. You you're in there. I was there. I was there yesterday. Yeah. Um yeah, but it was good. Uh but thanks to Trader Joe's uh for all the support. Uh it's been great. And uh Chris, thank you. It's been a it's been a crazy year. This has been Oh nuts. yeah. It's weird because it's been go 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 for so long and I feel like the Heisman kind of thing was like not the culmination, but it was like another big like crazy point and now it seems kind of calm for the next yeah several weeks outside of recruiting but it's not like that's really we're, we're not really going anywhere you know it's all like stuff we can cover from our houses and apartments and stuff so right but like when december at the end of december you have holidays and then we have the early signing period it feels like we have a little bit of a lull right now and then things are going to go for the for the uh the cotton bowl me probably going to San Antonio for the All-American Bowl. So it's going to get crazy right in a couple of weeks. But right now it feels like a little bit of a lull, a little bit of a rest period. Yeah, it does feel like a little bit of a rest period. Um, trying to put up some of the comments, and I might have to add a little thing here. So I'll, I'll play oh, no. with that a little bit. That's okay. Uh, we can kind of do this stuff on the fly. But Chris mentioned it. I think we got it. Well, we're going to talk about the Heisman Trophy. But unfortunately, there's some... Um, some tragic news, uh, some very unfortunate news in the world of college football. I just want to kind of mention real quick. Um, someone that had been able to cover, uh, you know, when he was on the West Coast, uh, Mike Leach uh, passed away on Monday at the age of uh, 61. Uh, if you went to any Pac-12 media day as a member of the media, he would always be the bright spot as like who you could talk to other coaches. Someone would be, you know, kind of boring, whatever. But um, Mike was great. And uh, unfortunately, you know, he had passed away, uh, like I said, at the age of 61. There's a funny, I got a photo here, if you're watching on YouTube, of this uh, portrait he had with his headset on and stuff when he was up at Washington State. Um, but yeah, just uh, unfortunate, um, you know, for the, it's not just in, and Bruce Feldman, there's a lot of great tributes out there. Bruce Feldman, uh, our friend, was probably the closest to him of all the members of the media, I wrote a book with him about 15 years ago. And, uh, you know, Swing Your Sword, which I have right here. And I would just, uh, if you guys want to check it out, it's great stuff from Mike Leach. And it impacted Bruce's life. I talked about this a little bit on the the podcast of Champion Show. Uh, if you want to listen to that, like kind of give a little talk about that. But Bruce and Mike Leach's lives were sort of, uh, you know, he was getting, uh, he had a falling out with Texas Tech while Bruce was having some sort of a, an issue with ESPN because he wrote this book with Leach and Leach had an issue with ESPN. There was all this kind of mess going on. But I, I think Bruce captures it well when he talks about it wasn't just that Mike Leach changed college football. He changed football, you know, seven on seven, NFL, high school. He had an impact on all of it. And uh, 
started like, you know, he went to law school, never played college football, but was really intrigued and just, just a sharp guy that knew a lot of stuff, uh, was very stubborn, you know, could rub a lot of people the wrong way, but a very innovative mind. Uh, it was one of the best quotes you'll ever hear. It, it, the sport that we cover is, you know, worse off now because Mike Leach isn't there. But I don't know if you had any thoughts, Chris, on Mike Leach. I've never personally talked to Mike Leach or, you know, any any sort of capacity like that. But I was there multiple times when he, he was there at Washington State for the Pac-12 Media Day. And always the, you know, you know how Pac-12 Media Day can be a little boring when things going, when, thing, you know, guys coming up talking. But Mike Leach was always one I would get up for, go to that presser. Uh, stand around at the end of that scrum and just listen to him talk because that's how fascinating he was. And like you said, you always were going to get a good quote, not just about football, but just about like anything from like Halloween candy to aliens to pirates to crop circles, whatever. You didn't know what you were going to get with Mike Leach. And he was uh, authentically himself and didn't you know try to hide his personality or anything. He was just authentically himself. And that's something I really appreciated about Mike Leach. And, you know, love those sound bites you get all the time. There's, you know, millions of them floating out there on Twitter as people remember him. And the college football world is certainly mourning uh, this this weekend and this week uh, the loss of, you know, one of the most impactful coaches the sport has seen. And, you know, and his influence is all over this USC coaching staff, you know, multiple guys on the staff played under him and coached under him, especially Lincoln Riley. And, you know, without Mike Leach, there, there's a good chance that Lincoln Riley isn't maybe a coach or maybe isn't where he is right now. Maybe he's not the head coach of USC. You know, if you don't know the story, you know, Lincoln Riley was a walk-on at Texas Tech and yeah. he, point blank, he wasn't good enough. And Mike Leach, you know, said, I have to cut you, cut him in the spring. He had too many quarterbacks and he, he wasn't up to par and, he offered him a student assistant job, like, hey, come come be a coach, come be on the staff. And Lincoln Riley, you know, young kid, you know, you think you're the best player in the world. You know, he was mad and he walked out of the office. Next day, came back, accepted that job. And, yeah. you know, who knows what happens if he doesn't come back the next day and, and accepts that job. We, what We don't know. And now here he is, you know, one of the, the best coaches in college football, three Heisman winners, you know, all this and that, and it started as, you know, a student assistant under Mike Leach. So a lot of guys, you know, Benny Wiley coached under uh, Mike Leach. He was a strength strength coordinator at uh, Texas Tech. Uh, Mike Leach gave Alex Grinch a shot at being defensive coordinator. Alex Grinch tweeted about that this morning. So just so many, so much Leach influence on the COC coaching staff, especially with Lincoln Riley. So it uh, very... I know that staff, you know, they they went through the loss of Dave Nickel early in yeah. the season who came over from that Mississippi State staff. So the Mississippi State community is mourning and the USC community is mourning as well as as, as well as college football across the country. Yeah, you mentioned Dave Nickel and and, and there's a lot of great tributes out there. And I you know, encourage you to read uh, what you want. I, Bruce's is great. Um, make sure you go check that out. And he, at the end, he mentions Dave Nickel and. He had Bruce and Mike had been texting at the end, uh, you know, when that happened. It was such a tragedy. And Dave Nickel did come over from the Mississippi State staff to join Riley's staff and, you know, passed away at the age of 45. And uh, it just kind of makes you think, you know, just makes you think. And now, you know, Mike Leach has passed away. 
But there's a lot of big names, you know, the the Cliff Kingsburys, uh, Graham Harrell was around. Sonny uh, Dykes. Sonny Dykes. But you know, Graham Harrell, threw, you know, Michael Tra- Crabtree, when they beat Texas, like he was the quarterback who threw that pass. Then say, like, there's so many guys that have come from that tree, you know, and uh, so many great stories. Uh, Mike Lee stories. I would like, I've, I've read Bruce's, you know, the obituary basically about, you know, his tribute to Mike Leach, but I love going back and reading just the fun stories of things that have gone on, um, you know, through his life. So those I'm starting with those first, I'll go back and try to read some more, but he's a highly influential person in the world of college football and, you know, changed all of our lives just by, you know, the fact that we're covering Lincoln Riley right now, and we're going to talk about a Heisman trophy in a second. I mean, that's, that's, that's coming from Mike Leach. So, uh, you know, tip of the cap to him. And uh, the book is great, by the way, if you want to check it out. Uh, it's a really, and Bruce put some more backstory into the story I was kind of telling on the podcast of champions about the, you know, they had the, like the lawsuit and it just, you know, Bruce had worked for ESPN for like a dozen years and uh, that essentially ended his relationship with ESPN. And, you know, there was a whole hashtag free Bruce, if you remember back then in 2011, uh, because ESPN wasn't letting him tweet and he couldn't go to the, SBs and stuff because he had written the stuff and Craig James was the the comfortable ass. There was all this big mess. His son was on the team and there was a big, yeah, there's a big hub of blue. So um, kind of crazy how that all worked, but Mike Leach was kind of unhirable. And then it, he came out of it, you know, and uh, gets the job at Washington state and, you know, the book comes out and he's just, and he was thriving. Uh, but ESPN really, there was a, there was a battle there. So it was some, some crazy stuff going on back then. R.I.P. to the pirate. Yeah, I think that's all we can really say. We all miss the pirate. Is the the uh, the the um, uh, comment I just put up on the screen? So yeah, uh, R.I.P. to the pirate. But wanted to uh, at least mention uh, Mike Leach. There was there was you know we heard about him being sick and in the hospital and stuff. So we just wanted to uh, talk about that a little bit. But we got to talk about uh, some you know it's not really breaking. <laughs> more since it happened uh over the weekend but caleb williams you know you you heard of him chris i've heard of him the name sounds familiar yeah he uh, won the heisman trophy there's a picture i got on the, if you're watching on youtube caleb williams and lincoln riley and the heisman trophy the third quarterback to win under lincoln riley it's his third six six years as a nfl as a nfl, NFL? As, a, as a college head he coach freaked a bunch of people out. i just did woo crazy uh he's won half the time he's been a head coach He's won the had a quarterback win the Heisman, so that's pretty impressive. Uh, but just I thought he rep- represented himself well. Uh, it was a great ceremony. Our shotgun Spratling was there. We talked a lot about this on our Tunnel Vision show, but we haven't done it on the podcast yet. So I want to kind of get your thoughts, Chris, on Caleb Williams winning the Heisman. Incredible feat, incredible individual award, the greatest individual award I think maybe out there, at least in American sports, but. You know, the iconic trophy, the the stiff arm is coming back to USC. USC now has eight. Yes, eight. We don't go by seven on this Parastop podcast. We go by eight because uh, Ryan Abraham literally has covered half of the Heisman winners that have come to USC. And that's the most in college football. No one has more Heisman winners than USC. And I think it is an important, uh, like, accomplishment for the program and i think we, we talked about this on tunnel vision how while it is an individual award it still points to you know usc coming back 
to being back. You know, it's all it's a big leap for a program like USC trying to get back to that national relevance. It's not, you know, national championship game or college football playoff, which they got to really close this year. But the Heisman puts USC, you know, back in the spotlight, even though it is individually for Caleb Williams. It's still a huge spotlight for for the program you know everyone's talking about usc everyone's talking about usc having eight heisman winners everyone's talking about hey give reggie bush's heisman back you know all these things have come about for caleb being on that stage you know at at the the lincoln center in new york city so a big accomplishment for him and this program and lincoln riley and it's only going to make next year even more crazy because you know he will be a defending heisman winner so much attention is going to be on there. And depending on what happens with the transfer portal, USC could be gearing up for, you know, another Pac-12 championship run, a college football playoff run, and maybe even a national championship run. Who knows, based on what they get out the portal. But you have a Heisman winning quarterback coming back next year. That's big. You know, no one else in the country can say that. And it's going to be crazy the amount of hype he's going to be getting, as it will be his junior year with NFL stuff. But right now, uh, just a, a incredibly big accomplishment for him and what it means to him and his family yeah. and the region of uh, the DMV, as I mentioned, the tunnel vision, but the first winner out of that area and Washington, D.C. So big for my home region, my home area and for, you know, for him. Yeah. And if you didn't if you didn't watch tunnel vision, you should. Chris had the whole get up in and uh, the, the the bit that's been going on that sounds like a made-up bit, but it was a real bit. When Chris Trevino said, I coached Caleb Williams back in 2012. He coached him in swimming and then said, I will tweet out a picture if it gets retweeted 200 times. It did. I should have done 400. You should have done 400. Uh, here's the photo. That is our guy, Chris, in the back row, in the middle, circled, you can see. Uh, with the queer, the weird sunglasses, one of the swim coaches, and just down, and you can kind of see there's a little bit of an arrow pointing towards him, but uh, I'll try to move it up a little bit so you can see better. Caleb Williams, if you're watching on YouTube, if not, sorry, uh, but you can watch it on YouTube. Or find it on Twitter. Yeah, or find it on Twitter. Caleb Williams, swim team, swim, swim student. Temple Hills Dolphins, let's go. <laughs> let's go, baby. I mean, that's, it's like, that's pretty awesome. Uh, like it just seems like a, a, just a bit, right? It Which seems it like is something a bit, I, yeah, but you, it's like a real. You bit. couldn't even write that. You couldn't even write that. That's how stranger than fiction is that. Is that the term? Yeah, it's just so surreal. I don't know. Some people might be like, "Oh, you have to be like uh, you're a journalist. You have to be neutral." No, I'm gonna tell this story yeah. to the day I die. I'm not gonna. This is a unique experience that I have, and I'm going to share that experience. Uh, with everyone who will listen to me, you should. Yeah, and I'll make, be telling this story on my deathbed. So, and I, I would too. That's an awesome story, and it just sort of was like this. It seems like it's made up, uh, but it was not. So, make sure you go check out the tunnel vision from Sunday because Chris was in the get up the entire time. He's got swim goggles on. My that, eyes have still not recovered. That uh, the the swim cap looked like very tight on your head. You're only supposed to wear it for the course of a race, and then you pop that sucker off. Not not do a whole hour show with it on. Yeah. Uh, the dry hair, the, the little dry hair. Yeah. Uh, but congratulations to Caleb Williams. I'd like how you said, I think it's going to be big for the program. We'll see what kind of impact it has on 
recruiting and the transfer portal, but I think I think it's going to. I mean, if you if you're like a hey, USC needs a left tackle, like do you want to protect the Heisman winner? Okay, like that seems like a good idea. Or you know, running back, do you want to get hands off from from the Heisman winner, or do you want to catch passes from the Heisman winner? All that kind of makes sense. Uh, he won the Heisman. He won the Walter Camp Player of the Year Award, uh, the Maxwell Award for the top player in college football, uh, the AP Player of the Year, and, and CBS and CBS Player of the Year. As and the parent company, support the eye. We got to support the eye, uh, and and I think he's going to be on all of the All American ballots. It's right, like sweeping them. You know, AP Pro Football Focus, I believe, Football Writers Association. Uh, FWAA or I don't know whatever whatever it is he's the first team for there too so yeah he's going to be the first team for probably a consensus or unanimous which one is unanimous there's like unanimous and there's consensus consensus is there's like seven main ones I think you have to get like four out of seven I have something like that consensus but. is the bigger one right no unanimous unanimous is, right yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I, I we, could, we got some spammy people in the chat. I need to. Look. When do we not? So yeah, unanimous, and I have to look up the last unanimous. I believe Adore Jackson was the last consensus. So Caleb Williams going to be a consensus. Andrew Voorhees might be a consensus. Tutu Pelotu has a good chance to be a consensus, but Caleb Williams probably a unanimous one. Right. I'd have to look up when the last unanimous one was. Um, off the top of my head, I don't know, Ryan. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, but yeah, congrats to Caleb Williams. All the awards, lots of hardware, all that stuff is good for USC to be relevant again. Um, we got to talk about uh, Tuli Tui Pelotu. He uh, was the uh, Polynesian Player of the Year. He was also the Pac-12 Defensive uh, Player of the Year, and he was a finalist for the Lot. Uh, trophy, which was uh, an event this weekend in Orange County. Uh, he was a finalist for that. Um, but yeah, so Caleb Williams ends up being the offensive player of the year in the Pac-12. This is voted on by the coaches. Uh, Tuli Tui Pelotu led the nation in sacks. Um, I think I have a picture of him. He, uh, yeah, he ends up being the defensive uh, player of the year. Um, then Lincoln Riley did not make uh, Coach of the Year. It was uh, co-coach of the year, Kalen DeBoer from Washington and Jonathan Smith uh, from Oregon State, but had the most all-conference players, right? Um, so let me look at this. Let me look at the list here. So all-conference players, Chris, uh, on the first team for offense, you had Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison, and Andrew Voorhees. Kind of makes sense. And then on the second team, Travis Dye. And uh, Brett Nealon made that for the defensive side. You had Tuli, Tuli Pelotu. You also had Makai Blackman, uh, the cornerback transfer from uh, Colorado. From Colorado. Uh, and Kalen Bullock makes the second team uh, defensive back there. And then for specialists, uh, USC didn't get any specialists in there. Honorable mention, they had a bunch of guys, Justin Dietrich, Jonah Monheim, Shane Lee, Taj Washington, and uh, Max Williams. But anything stand out from that kind of list? Not really. I think the most significant thing is Makai Blackman getting that first team all, uh, excuse me, first team all Pac-12 selection. We said this multiple times this year, was playing really, really well throughout the season. And, yeah. you know, Lincoln Riley was very, gave him a lot of praise in fall camp as being their best, like, defensive playmaker at times. And we saw that this year, you know. So props to, you know, Dante Williams and that job of 
making him a first team all Pac-12 player and played himself into getting drafted and was one of the key parts of this team. And it's going to do really, really well on the recruiting trail, be able to say, hey, look, let's put on the Makai Blackman tape and look what we able to help him get better at and develop him. And he's going to be a draft pick. And it was a first team first teamer. So that's a big recruiting point for this defensive staff. And, you know, shout out to Makai Blackman, had a really, really good season. And he was even named third team All-American by the AP. So huge accomplishment for him. So I think that's the most significant uh piece of this or or the thing that jumps out to me also Caleb Bullock you know me yep couldn't get all, all honorable mention second team all pack 12 which feels right for him yeah that feels right for him no that's good yeah he uh what did he, did he end up with four or five picks? five interceptions the five most interceptions. since Adori in 2016 also I found the last unanimous USC all-american oh, you did? it was okay. a wide receiver do you want to guess uh Marquise Lee yes nice he won the Belenikoff, so if you want a big award like that, you're probably going to be on all the All-American ballots, you would think. Um, but it's been a while, 10 years. That's that that I can't believe that's 10 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely been a while. Um, all right, congrats to uh, all the award winners uh, from the USC football team. You know, Chris mentioned the Cotton Bowl. Chris and I will both be there uh, January 2nd. Um, Back in AT&T. AT&T trying to get a win this time uh, against Tulane. So we'll see. Not Tulsa. We've said, I said, uh, what, what show was that? Was it Tunnel Vision? Vision. Tunnel Vision. Yeah. It's like, I said Tulsa. I'm like, it's not Tulsa. It's Tulane. Uh, mix those up uh, a little bit. We got to get to some uh, transfer portal news. Um, you know, so, I would say several few guys from USC, uh, the USC roster have entered uh, the transfer portal, I guess, of note. Uh, I know I have a picture of him somewhere, if I can find it. Uh, Raylan Goforth. Uh, he has entered the transfer portal. Uh, the Really the only guy that's been starting. Um, but there's a few other guys. Anyone else of note you want to mention that is into the portal, uh, Chris? I think the other notable one is Xavier Alford, who, was, who played really well at that the end of that horrific 2021 season was a guy who you thought this guy could be a starter next season could be a full-time starter he started like i believe the last two games of the season had some interceptions and it looked like he was going to give be given the the first team reps alongside Kalen bullock early in spring camp under lincoln riley and his defensive staff but then just had injuries you know just could not get over injuries and lost most most of his spring and then for the most part was not there for fall and has been injured about 90% of the season. So injuries were just a big, you know, uh, suck on him. And he could not get over the injury bug. And, he, you know, second transfer for him, started at Texas, went to USC. I thought he could have been a player that could have helped them a lot this year. But, again, the injuries. So I, I think he'll be a contributor somewhere else. But I thought maybe if he got healthy, he could play next season. But it looks like... You know, they're 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 just gonna be going a different direction and that safety room has a lot of talent already. So once you fall down there, you know, they have Zion Branch gonna be healthy next year. So a lot of competition in that room. I guess maybe they just thought, you know, I think you'll you'll have a better opportunity somewhere else. And Kobe Pepe is an interesting one just because D line is somewhere that needed some people to step up and Kobe again battled injuries, had the soldier surgery. 
uh, I believe it was redshirt freshman year in spring. Still remember him getting injured, watching him in the Coliseum. So, you know, just a, just another injury that he cannot shake. And he was a scout team defensive player this year, so he did contribute, but just not enough to see the field. I know a lot of people were excited about him coming out of Bosco, where he dominated the, the Trinity League his senior year. I believe he was the Trinity League defensive player of the year, which toughest conference in America. So you, you thought he could be a, a guy down the, down the line, but just uh, another case of injuries getting the best of him. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, those are the guys in the portal. I just, by the way, been doing the, the during the season. I did our uh, you know orbiting the X's feature, which was pretty popular actually. Like, where are the the, the guys now? I need to do like a follow up on on kind of all of that. But basically, if you left USC, there were some guys that had some you know good contributions, like Brew McCoy. You know, big part of Tennessee's run that you know Chase McGrath, the the kicker there, but they did a nice job. Um, you know, Hunter Eccles had some moments like there's, but there just wasn't like guys that left USC that had these like major contributions to some kind of successful team. And like you know, the biggest, the biggest, prof, the highest profile guys, you know, JT Daniels who'd been gone for a while. He was at Georgia, you know, uh, on the year they won the national championship, but he's back in the portal. It'll be going for his fourth school. And uh, Keaton Slovis, after a year at Pitt, who thought he was going to be able to throw to Jordan Addison, but they did a they did a prisoner swap, and uh, I think USC got the prisoner better of the swap. deal. <laughs> the USC got the better of the deal getting Addison. Uh, there's, he's, there's talks of him talking to UCLA, Keaton Slovis, so maybe back in L.A. Wow. That would be something. That would be crazy, yeah. But both Slovis and JT Daniels back in the portal. Um Kind of crazy. Pretty Super well. crazy. And USC has a Heisman winner at quarterback this year. It's just wild how everything yeah. works out. And Jackson Dart, yeah, you he, know, was, he was like a game manager there. Which is a weird thing to say about Jackson Dart. Right. And which, all that athletic ability. But he that's kind of what he did, right? They ran the ball. They, you know, they end up they were started off at eight and one and then lost their like the last three ball games. Um yeah. You if you if you were, I know there was USC fans who were sort of worried like I get Caleb Williams good, but man, Jackson Dart. And it was like, no, Caleb Williams, <laughs> Caleb Williams up here. And then everybody else, anyone you can name is down here. So maybe like a Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or something, but yeah, you're, you're not going to put a Slovis or, but JT Daniels. No. Or uh, the Keith Slovis, uh, but Jackson Dart. No, no. no. I'm sure there's still somebody on the P is like, Jackson if Dart, Jackson man. Dart would have won the Heisman too, if you put him in the system, would have beat Utah one of those times. Yeah, was it? yeah. Uh, whatever. But so USC did has a couple pickups from the portal, um, and it's funny when you look like USC sort of, you know, field goal kicking was fine, punting was probably below average, just wasn't anything to write home about. And Arizona State has a punter kicker combo, who was an all pack. 12 selection and first team ryan first team put some put some respect on it uh the best punter in the conference yeah he uh he picked up yeah he was the first team punter uh but also handled kicking duties and stuff too uh eddie and how do you say his last name i i'm terrible at last names and we had it for tunnel vision but i've just completely 
forgotten how to say it, so I apologize. But he's just going to be Eddie the punter on this this podcast right now. Sisplicky or something like that. Sisplicky sounds okay, but it's not exactly what it's, we said on Tunnel Vision. But the plicky part sounds right. C Z A and then plicky. It looks like yeah. It feels like it's like Croatian or yeah, for sure. If you're Croatian or yeah. Eastern European and you know, please tell us. I know there's got to be at least somebody who knows how to pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, spell it out phonetically. But Eddie the punter, yeah. Good pickup. Let the conference in punting top 10 nationally, 45 yards per punt. There are some not great punts this year, even though USC didn't punt a lot. Uh, can you guess how many punts USC had this season? I know the answer. So um, Let's see. I'll go 19. Oh, that's not a bad guess, but not a great guess. If that makes sense. They had 32 punts. Oh, okay. I don't know. And uh, that, w- that was, seems like a lot. It does seem like a lot, but when you look at it nationally, they're like number 124 in FBS in punts. They didn't punt a lot. Okay. So 32 is very low uh, for a college team. So That was a bad guess then, yeah. It was an interesting guess, but not a great guess. But <laughs> I'm just trying to do not a not a lot of uh, uh, and like maybe a third of those weren't great punts. But now you have a first team all uh, first team punter, which I mean I'm gonna go ahead and slot as the day one starter. Yeah, uh, for this team because you know you're picking up starters or you're picking up contributors out of the portal, and I think that's what they got there in uh, Eddie the punter, Plicky. Nice. Can he beat out Caleb Williams as the punter? I don't know. I think you're Taylor going the to. Best does the Heisman? Does the Heisman help you say Heisman punter, Heisman worthy mm. punter? Maybe. I don't know. I, I'm sure those the the quarterbacks that won in like the uh, 50s and stuff also they would punt. punted. Yeah. So they would play end. And yeah. Play. <laughs> <laughs> they would block for the themselves and tackle. And then, and then uh, yeah. Everyone um, was an end. Yeah. Or a quarterback or a halfback. Right. I don't know which side of the ball end played. I think right. they just played both. It was like, I'm an end. Oh, okay. Uh, also picked up a uh, some help at the linebacker spot. Yeah, Jamil Muhammad from Georgia State. Talked a lot about him on uh, Tunnel Vision, but, you know, six foot two, 230 pounds. Former quarterback out of high school. Played basketball as well. So an athlete. Still kind of learning that position, you know. Kind of... Uh, Still, so still room to grow, as something Shotgun said when you when you look at him. But I think he's I don't I wouldn't necessarily say he's a day one starter kind of guy or a guy who's going to start, but definitely a guy I can see being in the rotation. Some experienced depth, uh, definitely can play special teams, things like that. And I think he'll get some playing time. But you know USC's linebacker core is an interesting spot right now. They need some bodies. You know they have. Tackett Curtis coming in. He's going to play Mike Linebacker. You have Eric Gentry coming back. Shane Lee, possibility for him to – has one more year for him to come back, that team captain. So that would be a really good trio right there. But you add Muhammad, maybe Carson Tabarucci, you know, is over his injury. He can start learning the position. Maybe he can be a special teams guy. You know, Garrison Madden, the freshman from last season, took the, took the red shirt, spent a lot of time on scout team defense. Perhaps he's ready to, you know, make the jump to special teams. So they have some bodies there, but I feel like they could use a little more. I think Muhammad's a really good pickup in terms of being a depth guy and a guy who can, you know, maybe be part of rotation, maybe step in if someone gets injured. So I like the pickup. 
I know people are like, Georgia State, Georgia State, Georgia State. But he had 10-plus Power 5 offers by the time he committed to USC. You know, he had Texas A&M. He had Ole Miss. He had Mississippi State. He had West Virginia. He had Indiana. He had multiple Power 5 conference offers. So this is a guy that Power 5 coaches were looking at and be like, hey, this guy can help us now. So don't don't poo-poo Georgia State. He's a Trojan now. So I'm excited to see what he does on the field. Yeah. And then a, a big official visit coming up. Uh, one of the top players, defensive players, in the transfer portal, uh, for, you know, Tony Grimes from uh, the cornerback from North Carolina coming out to take a visit. I think he put out a top three, right? And USC was in it. Uh, I think you're thinking of. Uh, oh, did I put it? Josiah Stewart. They all blend together, but it all I, got, yeah. I, I don't know if Grimes put out a top three. I just know that he has locked in an official visit. Five star cornerback out of high school. Don't ask me what class. Maybe 2020. I believe he enrolled early at UNC, so he's technically, you know, you know, a year maybe. He has a lot of room to grow. Is what I'm saying because he should have been his freshman year. Should have been a high school year. So he has a lot of room to grow. Five-star. I believe he might be the number one cornerback in the portal rankings. But absolute stud of a talent. You know, first-round ability. Definitely a high draft pick. And, yeah, he's going to be taking an official visit to USC. Shout-out to Steve Wolfong, who put that story up this morning. And USC has a visitor right now on campus. Keon Bars. The uh, Keon Bars. Maybe I said that wrong. But the Arizona defensive lineman who is down to USC, LSU, and Miami, I believe. All these schools have been together. But he's on his official visit right now, and then he's going to go to LSU, and then I believe Miami or Miami, and then LSU. One or the other. Doesn't matter. He's taking all these official visits, and then we'll make his decision. He is a local guy from Murrieta. So Greg Biggins said that, you know, I think distance could play a factor in this. You know, he's only about an, an hour from his house, from his home, so his family could play, see him play here. So... You know USC is going to be putting the the moves on him. They could use a guy like this. You know, not like an all star world beater, but definitely a guy who could start in this defense. Definitely a guy who could is definitely going to be in the rotation if he doesn't start, assuming he's healthy. But definitely a major contributor for this defensive line, and would be a big big win for the staff for sure. Um, yeah. Any other kind of portal names? So make sure you guys go check out. Uh, Gerard Martinez put out the uh, target list for the portal for the offensive side and the defensive side. If you've ever checked out his target list for recruiting, he'll do like the class of 2023 and 24. Uh, it's VIP content. So if you're not a member, we actually have a special right now. We're not really promoting it, but 50% off. Uh, you can get your annual membership to uscfootball.com. If you're a monthly member, you can upgrade that membership at 50% off. And the cool thing is you can get the Paramount Plus package for free right now when you do the promo. Normally, you do a promo. You have to wait till you, you start paying regular price before you can get Paramount Plus. Now you can. So if you want to get it's a, you know over $100 value that you would get uh, at half price and you can enjoy it right away. So lots of cool content. You got Top Gun Maverick coming up on Paramount Plus in a week or so. Um, so make sure you check it out. If you're not a member, this is a great time to sign up and you want to check out these uh, transfer portal target lists because lots of good names in there. Gerard was just scouring the portal looking for guys and uh, it's pretty good stuff. I don't know if you've, you've checked it out, Chris, right? Duh. (laughs) 
And I think we're going to be doing a composite two-star recruit tomorrow. Okay. Tomorrow. With Gerard. Gerard. We'll, we'll do another one. We did a, a first one with Transfer Palooza the first week, moving into second week. So be sure. Be on the lookout for that. Just, just a quick little plug for the composite two-star recruits. I love it. Okay. Uh, we'll check that out. Okay, we got a bunch of questions to get to, so why don't we, unless there's anything else you wanted to bring up, Chris, let's take I'm a quick good. break. Yeah, we'll take a quick break, come back, and uh, start answering your questions. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All righty, we're back here on the Peristyle Podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, thanks for sticking with us. If you're listening on any of your favorite podcasting apps, platforms, wherever, uh, thank you for doing that as well. However you listen to us or watch us, we do appreciate it. Uh, Thank you very much for letting us be a little part of your day and talking some USC Trojan football. Chris is, uh, so we're recording this on a Tuesday uh, and Chris said that on Wednesday they'll be recording a new two-star recruiting podcast. So we've got a bunch of content that has gone up this week. We had Tunnel Vision. Sunday we also had uh, Coach Harvey Hyde talking about uh, USC and Caleb Williams when the Heisman and all that on Sunday. We got our uh, Peristyle podcast show today, and if you like the any of the Pac-12 stuff, I also do the podcast of Champions that came out a little earlier today as well. But looking forward to the two-star uh, recruiting pod- composite recruiting podcast with Chris and Gerard. Should be a lot of fun. We have a uh, voicemail for you. I think it's your buddy. Eddie? I think it's your buddy. Hopefully it's not too orgasmic. All right, here we go. Hey, Ryan, Chris. Eddie from Orange. Um, ah, it was a bummer, you know. Um, you know, Caleb getting uh, his hammy hurt. Um, defense having issues in the second half. Oh, you know, a bummer, but I gotta say, um, it was a heck of a ride. It's been a heck of a ride. Ride's not over. I, I'm extremely proud of what this team has able, been able to do. Like I told you, it's one of my favorite teams to follow, um, since, you know, 2005. Really, really proud of what this team was able to accomplish in one year. Um, you know, likely Heisen winner, 11-1 regular season, trip to conference championship, New York, uh, New York, New Year's Six Bowl. All achievements that if you would assign or talk to anybody on the P in August about, they would have been over the moon for. You know, the same guys who on the P were saying that this team wouldn't win eight games are now upset that they didn't win the, the conference championship and are only going to the Cotton Bowl. Um, it's kind of ridiculous. I, I don't know. I, you know. I don't know. I mean, I love the P. I hate the P. I'm not going to cancel my subscription because I, I love 
from Orange. It's a very good point. Absolutely. I like, Absolutely. To, I like to tell you even just mentioned canceling. <laughs> Can't do that. Uh, no. The, yeah, the Peristyle, it's a, it's a message board. It's the biggest, if you don't know, it's the biggest, most popular, uh, most trafficked USC football message board, USC message board that there is. Uh, I mean, I created it back in 1996. It's been around a long time. It's just grown and grown every year. There's a lot of opinions on there. I mean, just look at your Twitter. Look at your, you know, Instagram. Are there morons making comments on every post and tweet and every? Yes, uh, there's going to be people that are just there like with these terrible, terrible takes. But they they put them out there, and uh, but there's a lot of great ones too, and uh, that's kind of why I love keep coming back and reading it. But yeah, a lot a lot of interesting opinions, Chris, on the piece. Think about this: when Ryan started. The peristyle. Yeah. The internet literally did not exist. <laughs> it exists. Literally did not exist yet. It was like five years away from being an actual thing. Think about that history right there. Yeah. The internet was before 2000. Literally did not exist. The internet existed. It did not exist. You had exist. to get like AOL discs and the, stuff. The word internet wasn't <laughs> even in the, the, the culture. No mm. one had ever heard the word internet. It hadn't even been uttered yet. There was a, Think about that. People said the words www a lot. The, like, so it's like you wouldn't say uscfootball.com. You would say www.uscfootball.com. These people would meet up in the food court of a mall and have their discussions. <laughs> the That's library, how they did it. You could get the internet in a library or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, prodigy calling in. Like, you know, you never had a modem, Chris. You never had to like put a physical phone into a another device to like call dial in for your internet for your interwebs tell me a sentence that only makes sense for uscfootball.com in 1996 oh god what's a sentence that only makes sense if you were around 1996 on usfootball holy cow <laughs> um I'll put him on the spot this site goes so much faster now that i've upgraded to windows 95 <laughs> how about that <laughs> 95 and 96 that's wild uh because my my i uh i got a 9600 baud modem now and everything's flying <laughs> and flying fly. and flying back then was not flying at all no uh yeah five minutes for a page to load that's funny we got um i, I forgot who it was yeah oh wait i put the wrong one up there uh where is it where did it go oh, no. oh al gore i uh, put Oh, it should be up. Put up the wrong one for some reason. Oh, no. Uh, but the, the com- I don't know. Hopefully that's working. The comment was uh, Al Gore invented it and immediately gave it to Ryan on a five and a quarter inch <laughs> floppy. Yeah. Perfect. Um, that's true. That's the good stuff. You got any tips? For for the internet? For money? No, for money. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, I don't think we have. No, we have a, no chat right. revenue. Yeah. All right. Uh, but thank you. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, do, you for you not do that. Yeah, for no um, chat room. That's <laughs> uh, nice. Okay, so that was our voicemail question. Let's see, we got some emails. Let's go to Josh in uh, North Edwards, California. I don't know where that is. Have you heard of North Edwards? Can't say that I have. I yeah. know West Edwards. No, hmm. is Edwards big enough that it has a North and a West? Anyway. Hey, Ryan and Chris. First, I want to say I love the shows and the insight you give into USC football. Thank you very much, uh, Josh. Also, 
pronouncing Chris's last name Trevino, is it a gag or have people been pronouncing it wrong all the time? First of all, I think it's a little bit of a B. Most people do not pronounce it correctly. They don't hit the Enya over Trevino. Yeah. I don't really care either way. But that's what Jack does. Yes. So now I I would always say Chris Trevino. And then now I have to say Trevino. You don't have to say. You can call me whatever. Well, I'm just saying, like, I'd I'd rather say your name correctly. Yeah, I mean, but it does sound like a get. Like it sounds like a bit. Yeah, it sounds like you're doing a. Sounds a, like I'm doing a bit, Trevino. Yeah. But that when Jack does it, he's just very he enunciates very well. Yeah, but it sounds like a bit. Uh, anyway, this isn't a question, more of a comment slash rant. Alex Grinch's defense has been terrible outside of turnover margin and maybe sacks most of the season. If USC truly wants to compete for national championships, they need to fire Grinch, get a DC who runs a competent defense. Some people would argue that it's only the first year. And we need to give him time. That may be true, but Grinch's defensive issues go back a few years to his time at Oklahoma. There's enough of sample size, in my opinion, for Lincoln Riley to let Grinch go and move in a new, much better direction. Keep up the good work. Thanks and fight on. Josh from North Edwards. I don't know. We haven't haven't had a Grinch question before. uh, Just, yeah. I mean, just it's on some of the stuff we've talked about. I think Alicia had a really good from Rain of Troy. Uh, had a really good tweet where it kind of showed the the jump that USC's defense made from last season. They were like 110 or something. And then this year they were like 77. So that's like close to 40-point difference, Okay, 30-point uh, jump. So that one tells you just how bad the defense was in 2021. It was, so, it was historically bad. And I know like fans are – this this defense has made them like pull some of their hair out, but think back to 2021 and what that defense was given up and what yeah. that defense no explosive plays were being made, no turnovers were, were getting got. Yeah. At least this defense is doing some good things that you can build off for the future. And look, I know, you know, Grinch has been with Riley for a long time and it's obviously his decision to make, but I would say let them Bring some more players in. Let them bring some more defensive help in before you kind of uh, throw the baby out with the bathwater. Did I use that phrase right? Maybe. I someone, so. someone in the comments will let me know rudely uh, later when I check the comments. Uh, will let me will let me know if I uh, f that up. But you know what I'm saying. Like like one year, you're just gonna like scrap it all. They made some improvements. They struggled in some areas. Yeah. Let them get some better players in. Let them get some better depth in. Let them get some more athleticism in. Let them do those things. Yeah, I think Lincoln Riley raised the bar where like we thought nine and three from four and eight would be a really big improvement. That's what you kind of want to see for year one of the head coach. Go in the right direction. And then the next year do something special. Like, well, you did something special in year one. So now you got to be critical of something. And obviously the defense was pretty poor. In a lot of areas, did, did good in some areas, but there was a lot of problems. They didn't have the same kind of players on the defensive side that the offensive side. And just, you know, we haven't got to talk to Lincoln Riley much since this went on. But from his comments that I saw, my gut is he's sticking with the scheme. He's sticking with Alex Grinch and he's going to try to upgrade the roster. So that's your, you know, the head coach of USC. That's what my guess is. That's what his approach is going to be. Um, you trust them to do a bunch of stuff like win Heisman trophies and things like that. Uh, sounds like a lot of people on the P or in the comments don't really want to trust them on the defensive side. So we'll see. 
Could be the right call, could be wrong, but my guess is he's sticking with Grinch for now. Uh, this is from, let's see, Stephen Poway, dear Ryan and Chris, take it or leave it. After a devastating loss to Utah in the Pac-12 championship game and a terrible showing for the defense, USC drops to the easy post Hawaii Bowl on Christmas Eve in an ironic twist of fate. Grinch is fired on Christmas Day. Fight on. Stephen Poway, that was chugging cheek, so don't get mad at me. Leave. Leave it. <laughs> yeah, leave I'm, it. I'm leaving it. I think they're going to the Cotton Bowl. I I can clearly tell a lot of these questions are like a week behind. <laughs> some of these are definitely, yeah. We uh, So we leave. Some, uh, let's see. I was at the game. I didn't know Caleb was injured until midway through the third quarter. We were guessing all along that he was hurt, but he hit it well. Despite uh, Kobe's inspirations, uh, after floating passes and getting sacked on plays he usually extends, I think Coach Riley should have pulled him in favor of Miller Moss. Coach's decision. No true warrior will ever back down. Roger Newport. So we kind of talked about this stuff already, but. Look, I've already mentioned this. Yeah. And it's like your guy, the one you've believed in and you have this relationship with and the guy you picked, you plucked out of high school. You were like, this is my guy. And you turned to him in the Red River shootout and he delivered and he's done some heroic things and some pulled off some crazy comebacks going back to high school. And he looks you in the eye and he says, I can do this. You're not taking me out. I can do this. What are you supposed to do as a coach, man? I know it's like coach's decision. He's the adult, but like it's football, it's a game. And you know, a lot of moments are built on situations like that, you know, gutting it out, toughness, grit. What are those, you know, those, those words we love to use and overuse in sports, but that's what that moment was. And he still brought the team to within three points. I feel like people are like not remembering that or they were within three points. The defense gets a stop and the defense has had played weird that entire second half where they were kind of getting beat up, but they were kind of holding it. They were just like barely holding on. And then he brings them to within three and then it just broke. They just like emotionally, physically, whatever. They were just drained. And they just broke, like the camel back broke, whatever. And you know, if they make that stop, they get a pick, they get a fumble. Like we might be talking about here by like one of the greatest like college football moments ever. You know, just like Caleb Williams on one leg. So like I'm not, I'm not like beating up on Lincoln Riley for not putting in Miller Moss. Yeah. I think Caleb Williams gave you the best chance to win, even if he was banged up. That's just how I look at it. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't really, I got nothing else for you outside yeah. of that, outside of that, that point. We have Dr. Jack commenting oh, on no. Caleb Williams injury. Oh, Oh, so, real doctor. It's not like a, no, he's okay. from New Jersey. I just read that Caleb Williams suffered a significant hamstring injury. If his hamstring tendon tore off of his pelvis, he Didn't. will need surgery. Didn't. It will probably be out for the rest of the season. That wasn't the case. If the tendon is partially torn, an injection of platelet-rich plasma, sometimes platelet-poor plasma, into the tear should have him ready to go in two weeks. That, at least, has been my experience dealing with high-level athletes over the past 15 years. Let's hope and pray for the best for him, Dr. Jack from New Jersey. I wonder if he's a mob doctor. 
<laughs> what? I can't ask that? Bullet, it takes a lot of bullet holes. I out. can't. I can't. Yeah. Get a call at 3 a.m. in the morning. Like, come to this warehouse. No questions asked. Make sure you're not followed. A lot of comments about how uh, how you're dressed. You're cold. You know, how cold it looks like you're. Chris is in Buffalo. He needs earmuffs and mittens. Are you in Vermont? You're dressed like it's 12 degrees. That's kind of like, I mean, he's basically got a toque on, right? He's got a, a what? stocking hat. Like a the what? Toque. The, the Canadian uh, way to say that. Isn't that an insult in Lord of the Rings? Son of a toque or something? Oh, I don't know. Where he I hits don't remember that. I don't know. All uh, right. Back to the, the, the mob doctor's question um, <laughs> or comment. Yeah. It... it I, I think a lot of people have jumped on the phrase popped as it being like, like ripped in half or something. Yeah. I think it's just like a football guy talking about like popped a coach. He's going to have to sit something like that. I don't know why I did an accent, but I think <laughs> that's what they're saying. And, you know, any like hamstring strain is like technically a partial tear. So I, I'm more comfortable saying it's probably the second one. And that it was a really, really bad strain, pull, whatever. And, yeah, their shotgun said he still had a slight limp in New York. A little bit, he said. Yeah. A little bit. Maybe that was just the swagger of being a Heisman winner. I don't know, but could be getting better. But you know, it's going to be a race to see if he's going to the health and the uh, the ability to play matching up with the January second. So we'll see. And it's like, how much can he even practice? You know, right? How much can he even really practice? So I, I assume Miller Moss is at least for the first week. Two weeks of, of this training going into that game is going to be taking the first team reps. Yeah. So which we still haven't heard. And it's today's Tuesday. I think we need to like hear something. It is practice. I thought it was Thursday. Is it Tuesday? It's Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> I was just messing with it. Yeah. Uh Eric and Duck Country wrote in, says Ryan and Chris. This season was fantastic. After that other guy left the team in shambles, I thought it would take at least until year three before uh being in playoff contention. I I honestly think Lincoln Riley. Should be up for the coach of the year honors. The type of criticism I'm hearing from fans is ridiculous. Unless these guys can tackle Dalton Kincaid in the open field or block, uh, maybe don't trash talk. Is it perfect? Of course not. But the new coaches, uh, we should exp- we should all expect improvement. I can say the improvement we've seen has been phenomenal. That being said, did any part of the team in particular exceed your expectations this year? I think just being very – the amount of turnovers was just, like, eye-popping and yeah. felt like it came out of nowhere. It was like, oh, this team's going to be a takeaway team? Okay. And then we kept saying, you know, it's going to regress. It's going to regress. It dipped a little bit, but then there was another run where they were just, like, taking the ball away from everybody. So I think the turnovers were certainly an area where I was like, oh, okay, this is who they are. They're going to be they're, – they're making explosive plays like this all the time. Yeah. Like three pick sixes in the season opener, like what? That's insane. That's insane. And they kept that pace for for most not pick sixes, but turnovers. And they kept that, and it was fun. I, I mean, I would say like Caleb Williams exceeded my expectations. Like I thought he would be great, you know. Um, but man, to win the Heisman in like year one, like his first year, he didn't start the beginning of last year. This is his first year as the full time starter at quarterback, and he moved teams and. Uh, you know, not teams, but environments too. everything. So just the fact that he won the, I thought he would be great. I thought he could like make it to New York, but I think he'd win the Heisman, like running away. If only someone on our staff had predicted that. Yeah. Your bold prediction you had. 
no, that wasn't from 2012, right? That was from earlier in the year. <laughs> gotcha. Just make sure. I didn't know when you were like coaching Caleb in the pool, right. if you were like, that guy's going to win the Heisman. <laughs> Boom. Wow, that's weird. I was coaching Caleb the last time USC had a unanimous All-American. Right. Uh, wow. He was a uh, 2012. Caleb was like, what was he like nine in the pool? Yeah. Like, how old is how old is uh, Caleb Williams right now? Is he nineteen or? He's either nineteen or twenty. Yeah, I'll say that right now. So okay. super young still. Very young. All right, we got one more email, and then we got a couple comments in the YouTube, and we'll get out of here. Damon wrote in, "Love the show. Keep up the good work. I've heard USC media talk a lot about the prospects of Oregon linebacker Justin Flo returning home to Southern California after entering the transfer portal." That would be great, but I think some of the other potential targets, transfer targets, should get a review as well. In my opinion, Lincoln Riley staff should primarily be and probably are looking at offensive line and defensive line transfers from the Stanford and Alabama and the linebacker transfers from Oregon and Arizona State. Uh, I nerded out a little bit and looked at current players in the portal with previous USC and or Oklahoma recruiting histories. So I looked at these big needs positions, linebacker, defensive line, inside offensive linemen, and offensive tackles. Please let me know what you think. Fight on. He says, at linebacker, USC should reach out to uh, Stanford's uh, Jacob Magnum Ferrara and Oregon's Jabril McNeil. Are you aware of either one of those guys? I'm not aware of either one of those yeah, guys. Yeah, I'm not too much either. So, Is it, Are you saying there's a whole list of names right in front of you right now? Uh, he gave, well, like... For the four positions, he's got like two names or two or three names each. Oh, okay. Defensive lineman, he should go after Alabama's Braylon Ingram or Arizona State's Omar Norman Lott. Oh, Omar Lott was someone that USC was looking at last year because if you remember, he was briefly in the portal. And then he came back. And then he came back. So yeah. second time's the charm. That'd Maybe. be a good that'd be a good pickup uh for them. Super athletic, uh, super strong, and be a great interior uh lineman, I believe. But, you know, I'm not sure if he listens to the Composite Star Recruit, but Gerard, you seem like you have a very like deep down the rabbit hole kind of kind of vibe here. Yeah. So I'm I'm just gonna go on wreck that you listen to the Composite Star Recruits if you don't already, because you should that's damn. literally all the show is. It's just me saying two words <laughs> and then Gerard doing like 30 minutes of, of something. So <laughs> he breaks down every position that USC could go after. Yeah. Like our last show, literally, wide receivers, offensive line, uh, running backs, uh, defensive end, linebacker, uh, cornerbacks. He breaks it all down, like position by position. So I'm sure there's some of those names. I can't see the names because I'm blind as a bat, and so I can't see from all the way over there. But I'm sure there are some of those guys on there that he talks about. And with Justin Flo, yes, we know USC has reached out to Justin Flo in his camp. Just to, just to kick the tires, you know, US, Justin Flo has had some injuries. Yeah. And that's something that Gerard has harped on that. USC has to do their due diligence. They shouldn't really go after players that have had injury stuff. Or at least you have to do your homework on those because that can burn you in the end. So just got to be make sure all those P's and Q's are uh, tighten up when you when you look at guys who have had injury history. Yeah. Uh, and he lists some other offensive linemen and stuff too from uh, Alabama and Stanford and stuff. So, But thank you, Damon, for that. Um, make sure you check out the... Uh, the uh, composite composite two star recruiting podcast, boom, and uh, lots of detailed stuff uh, will be in there about the portal. We had a couple questions uh, from the chat. I'll put up here, and then we'll we'll get out of here. 
First one is from PM. Who's the biggest target we need to go after in the portal? I know there will be more in the portal later, but um, where are we right? I mean, right now, what this is in the portal, who are the, the biggest target? Do you have a, a, a number one target, Chris, that you want to see? US like off after? the top of my head, it'd probably be Tunmisi Adele, the former top 50 defensive lineman out of Texas A&M. He's down to Cal, Miami, Michigan State, and USC making those visits now. Instant, like, assuming he's healthy, you know, he had an injury last year, but assuming he's healthy, that's like a day one starter for yeah. an impact guy, like right off the bat. Uh, big, big, athletic, six foot three, 280 pounds, probably bigger than that, 290, 300 maybe. Just like an SEC guy that, you know, put him in USC, Pac 12. Yeah. You need more of those guys. You need at least like three of those guys and you could be flying around. So that's probably like the number one guy. And it's like the biggest position to need defensive line. Yeah. And then uh, one last one um, from Oscar. Since Thule is going to be a second round pick, shouldn't he come back and improve his draft status? I don't know if we know where he's going to go. Yeah. I don't know what the feedback is. Second round seems to be a good like initial starting point. Like you don't know yeah. what the, the combine looks like. You don't know what, like if he plays in the, I guess he can play in the Reese's bowl. That's for a uh, upperclassman, but whatever the, like a postseason scouting bowl looks like, I don't know. I don't think, you know, he led the nation in sacks. I think that's like, you, you do that. I think that's like the it's perfect like, jumping uh, off point, you know, yeah. cause while yes, you could get better. You could also see your stock dip like what if he has a seasoning injury yeah i think you got to go when the iron's hot and the iron's really hot right now for him in terms of you know literally that's like the top of his resume point like let the nation in sacks so defensive player of the year i think now is the time to to make that jump strike while the iron is hot yes um before we go any thoughts on i've been asked this and i off the top of my head i wasn't coming up with a i mean there's some obvious ones that could but any players you think could opt out of the bowl game, like a Thule to a Pelotu or a Jordan Addison, um, people like that. I think the strongest case is for Jordan Addison. Yeah. Because I guess technically, you know, quote unquote, meaningless bowl game. You know, there's, it's not like a, for a college football playoff or anything yeah. like that. And he's got right now, I think he's probably like the first or second wide receiver off the board. I know he's been banged up the last you know, couple weeks or couple right. games or, you know what I'm saying? I do think there's a strong, cause he did miss some games. I think he could still want to go out there and play and put some more tape out there, even though he doesn't need to, you know, he's, he won the Blinnikoff last year, all American 800 yards, you know, eight touchdowns this year. He has enough. Yeah. So I think he's a good case to sit out. I think the other one is Andrew Voorhees. You know, he's obviously missed uh time at the end. Does he want to go back out there? I think there is a feeling of maybe things didn't end on the right note because, you know, he had to – he didn't finish out the Notre Dame game. Right. He had to sit on the bench and didn't play in the Pac-12 championship. So yeah. is that your last ride? But it's also tough because you, you just saw Brett Nealon go down with the season, you know, his uh, leg injury, and that's going to hurt his draft stock. And if you're Andrew Voorhees, you know, All-American, maybe a second-round guy too. 
maybe a first round guy depending on his combine but you know do you go and risk it for for that so he's def- those are kind of the top two guys i would see you know kind of sitting uh out in this bowl game yeah we've heard we've seen a lot of people declare already from other bowl games just no one from usc yeah. at least yet so uh curious to see and then anyone that you think might come back that a lot of people assume we're going to leave. I think Shane Lee could definitely come back uh, for another year. That's like kind of the biggest one. Justin Dietrich is also another one. He could go, but I think he needs more center tape. And if he yeah. comes back, he could be the center next season. And, you know, Caleb Williams has one right behind him. That that seems pretty good. Yeah. And if you're Justin Dietrich, you already you saw what. Henson was able to do with Brett Nealon, you know, like the number one graded center, I think second rated center in the nation yeah. uh, for for PFF. And, you know, that's like his bread and butter center. So, like, that's the selling point in there. And you know you're going to need a center. So why not come back and be the guy in, in, at the center position? So those are kind of the first two off my head, Yeah, off the top of my head. All right. Well, good stuff. I know a lot of people are asking questions like that. Um. Yeah, well, we hope you guys uh, enjoyed this. It's always fun to stream like we have. Uh, we'll see during the holidays what the kind of schedule is going to be like. Uh, we need to do a preview podcast for sure before the bowl game. Chris, Like I said, Chris and I will be there down in uh, Dallas uh, to cover this one. So maybe we'll do like an on-the-road podcast. Maybe we'll do a, a, a podcast from Dallas. So we'll... Try to keep you guys informed. Go to uscfootball.com. You can follow us both on social media on at Inside Troy or ask Chris and Trevino uh, on Twitter. I want to do a podcast while eating barbecue. That would be good. Yeah, we're gonna definitely eat some barbecue down there. I, yeah, we're t- we're flying. In. I was gonna fly in on the thirtieth because I thought you were getting it on the thirtieth. I changed it, my flight. I'm coming on the thirty first now, so I will be New Year's Eve there. Um, but yeah. But a quick trip down to Dallas, and it should be a lot of fun. Like I said, we don't know the practice schedule yet. Hopefully, we'll be able to cover some practices and get you guys some more content uh, from that. But um, I think that's going to be it. That's going to wrap it up. Uh, nice job, Chris. Let me leave you guys with the uh, photo of Chris yeah, let's end on that. coaching Caleb Williams in the pool uh, 10 years ago, helping to mold the young Heisman Trophy winner into the man he is today. But for Chris Trevino, I am Ryan Abraham. Hope you guys enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique, interesting, and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business. We buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible. This helps to keep our costs low, and we pass those savings on to you. No gimmicks, just great values at honest prices, every day at Trader Joe's. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.